Hello and welcome back to Zach's Fact Shack, where we look at all kinds of random and crazy and wacky information and we learn wherever and whenever we can. You know that I love weird things. You know that I love football. You know that I love sports in general. I have some friends who have decided to help me with some topics. And today I'm going to talk about, I already talked about the position names of football, but what about the name of football itself? Why does it exist? Today, we're going to find that out and a few other things as well. First off, thanks for following. Thanks for listening. If you want to reach out to me, you can. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. You can find me there. I'm more than happy to talk with anybody who wants to talk. There's a possibility that I may be opening up some other avenues for you to reach out to me and give me information, maybe critique a show, be able to give me some new ideas, things like that. That's all going to be coming pretty soon. So bear with me. I'll get that information out to you as quickly as I can. This is pretty new to me. I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm trying to figure all of that out. But before we delay any longer, let's get you to what you want to find out in the first place, and let's answer some of these questions. So why is it called football? Well, there's a multitude of reasons of why the game is called football. Let's go back in history to the Middle Ages when you had two categories of sports. You had those that were played on foot and those that were played on horseback. You had horseback ball games, and football games. Any game on foot was just called a football game. It didn't matter what the game was, what the rules were, what the ball was. It did not matter. It was a game of people on foot playing with a ball. It's a football game. If you're on horseback, it's a horseball game. That's it. When we did this, and I went and I started like, oh, that's a cool answer. I don't need any more. I was like, you know, honestly, I think there's more to this. Let's go further into it. So I did. And what I found was the fact that while it's called football in America, there are other games that lay claim to the term football. I know that no one knows what I'm talking about. And it's just this really small, unheard of, nobody ever plays it game known as soccer. They lay claim to the name football. And at first glance, that makes sense. They play it with their feet after all, right? Like they're literally kicking the ball. The whole thing is they can't touch the ball with their hands. They have to kick the ball. It makes sense to call it football. If that's the case, then why do we call it? Why do we call what we know as American football? Why do we call it football? Well, let's go back. The name football is a foreign name. And as so far as it was not invented in America, or in the United States, it was invented elsewhere. Let's look at that and find out what that is. Historians trace the American football name back to the European cousins of soccer and rugby. Both began as kicking games. We understand soccer kicks with their feet. That's the only way you can kick, but they kick the ball with their feet, so it makes sense. The name soccer actually came out of an abbreviation of the official name of the game, Association Football. As webs, I want to say websites, but as newspapers began to pick up the sport and talk about it and inform people on what was going on, they had to try to find a better way to say Association Football. That's just a lot of characters, and whenever you're on a character limit for the little column that you have, you have to figure out how to shorten that. So they would actually shorten it down to the abbreviation of association, right? A-S-S-O-C, a sock, right? That makes total sense. Well, that even got shortened even further to sock. 
SOC. That actually began to be known as what the game was. It was a sock game. But if you were someone who played sock, you were a soccer, a soccer player. And this began to become known as just the game of soccer because a soccer player plays soccer. That's where the name soccer comes from. But again, this was was originally known as association football. Now, rugby, that's the other half of this, they were originally far more foot involved than than rugby is now. Initially, you had to kick the ball over the the goal line to get it to get the, the point or to get the score, just like you would in soccer. Except that the entire end of the field, the width of the field, is the goal line, so it's a much larger area to kick the ball to. But literally, just one day, one guy decided that he was going to pick the ball up and carry it over the line, and everyone present thought, "Hey." That's actually a really good idea. We should do that instead. That's what happened. They transitioned to carrying the ball instead of kicking the ball around to get the points. Now, to the American football game. The reason that it was known as football is, again, it started out as a hybrid between the soccer and rugby games that existed already. and. The primary way of scoring at this time in American football was with your foot. You had to kick the ball to snap it to the quarterback. And while you could carry the ball you, over, the, over the goal line, you usually didn't get that far. You were tackled. So the best way to score uh, on this game was to score by kicking it through the uprights. That's how you got your points. So when the game started, it made sense. You used your feet more than not in the most important moments of the game. So calling it football made sense. As the game progressed and moved forward and changed the rules and changed how it plays and the predominance of the foot became carrying it with your hands, the name just stuck. It didn't make sense to change it, even though the rules had changed so drastically It just made more sense to call it football. Now, what about this wacky shape of a football? Why is it? Why does it look like this? Why is it this shape? Why does it this weird oblong thing? Why does it exist? Well, let's go back in history and we can we can figure that out. So the ball that was used for this sport of soccer, the sport of rugby, was a pig's bladder, and surprisingly enough. When you inflate a pig's bladder, it is a predominantly shaped in an oval form. This oval is what everyone was used to. The problem with the oval of the pig's bladder is it's hard to throw. It's also hard to kick, but the technology did not exist to make it very round. It just kind of was. And more often than not, they wouldn't inflate it with air. They would inflate it with straw. But this made for a lumpy, annoying, shape-shifting object in your hands. It was very unwieldy and very hard to use and very hard to work with. So as soon as the technology was available and at a price that everybody could afford to try to do it, they shifted what the ball was made out of. This came about whenever vulcanized rubber 
was invented in the 1840s and became uh, affordable later on in the 1800s, this is when they switched to a cowhide out uh, exterior of the ball with an interior rubber lining to hold the air in to inflate it and keep its shape. But because of this, you could also make the ball whatever shape you wanted to. So with soccer, they decided to continue to round the shape off so that it was more predictable in how it moved when you kicked the ball. Rugby left it in a rather ovalized shape and didn't change it much because it was good to carry with. Again, you're not throwing the ball as much in rugby, at least not forward. You can throw it backwards and all over the place, but it's more of a toss than anything, and it's easy to grab. But in American football, when the pass forward pass became legal, it became very important to figure out the best way to throw this ball accurately. Well, the best shape to throw is the what we know as the modern-day American football shape. It is an elongated sphere with rather pointy ends, to be, uh, be honest. This shape is the easiest form outside of a small baseball to throw and predict its direction and accurately get it there, much like a bullet. But the downside of being able to throw this ball accurately is that you actually can't predict what it will do when it hits the ground. That's the downside. So if you ever watched a game of football and you'll hear the term fumble, it just means they drop the ball onto the ground and anybody that picks it up, it's their ball on their side of the team or their side of the field gets it. But when the ball hits the ground because of its weird shape, it can genuinely go in 100 different directions. And every time it bounces to the ground, it has another 100 directions it could go in. And it keeps repeating that until it loses energy and momentum or someone happens to scoop the thing up or sit down on it or stop it from moving and takes possession of it. So it adds a whole weird and wacky element to football and excitement because genuinely the way that football is played now, one fumble can genuinely be a, the difference of a 14-point swing. If w- the team that had the ball was about to score and get seven points, then this fumble, if the other team picks it up, means they could go and score and get seven points. That's a 14-point difference. And in the NFL, especially whenever most games are decided by 12 or less points, one fumble can truly determine the winner and the outcome of the game. So the shape of the football really, really matters. Now, I've had people ask me if the size of the football is any different. And in all honesty, it's not all that different of what it used to be outside of the fact that the shape of the football has changed. It hasn't really gotten any bigger or skinnier. It is a different size for high school and kids sports that makes sense as the, the, the players are younger and therefore their uh, bodies are smaller, their hands are smaller and it's, you want it to be easier to grip. But as you move into college, the ball is a little bigger and has slightly different markings. But when you get to the NFL, the ball is the largest of all and it has the professional definitions of markings. What it's what defines what we think of as the American 
football. Is the NFL football? I know that there's a lot in here that I've talked about, and we can go on even further with more information, but I wanted to go back to yesterday and explain a few things because I actually missed out on a few position groups that we needed to talk about on the offensive side of the ball. So you remember yesterday we defined how players the, got their name, their position names. You have the quarterbacks, the halfbacks, the fullbacks, the center, the guards, the tackles, the wide receivers. And on the defense, you have the nose tackle or middle tackle, the defensive ends. You have your linebackers, your corners, and your safeties. What I forgot to talk about was the tight ends and what those are to begin with. Well, in more as football progressed and changed how it played the ball, it moved its players around to most efficiently execute what it wanted to do. If you're going to run the ball with your halfback, which became commonly known as a running back or tailback in the backfield, but you only need one person to run the ball, but you want to run off one edge of the line. What you're able to do is push the other halfback up to the line tight against the tackle, and he would be known as the tight end because he's the end of the line and he's up tight against the line. That's what a tight end is. Now, a tight end in modern-day football is eligible to receive the ball on a pass, but he's also there to be able to block and protect Whenever the running back is maybe going in his direction, they're also able to shift him around to the other side and protect the other way or simply stand there as a decoy while the ball goes in a different direction. The tight end is a very versatile and very odd and very different position than what the halfback is. But all of these position names, they can change no matter who's in them. So let me explain what explain what I mean by that. The quarterback is not always the person who received the ball. Sometimes it's the running back, the halfback. But sometimes you can put the receiver, the wide receiver, you can bring him in and put him in that position of quarterback and have him receive the ball. Most of the time, the name of the position goes with the player, even though he moves around. At the University of Georgia this year, there was a tight end known as Brock Bowers. He moved around a lot and actually played in the what would be known as the wide receiver position a lot as well, even though he is by trade a tight end. Now, that's a lot of extra information, but I wanted to clarify and fix a couple of errors from yesterday. So I hope today was an informative and interesting episode. I do have more coming up, and I am going to give you more information on various topics. But again, if you have information and topics you want to send to me, I want you to reach out to me on Facebook, on Twitter, wherever, and there will be more opportunities to reach out to me and get me that information and to communicate with me and to create a community around these weird and wacky pieces of information that I keep finding that I want to share with you. So go ahead, share this podcast, let other people know about it. And I will see you next time with more information on Zach's Fact Shack, where we learn about weird and wacky and crazy things. See you next time.